that it actually is Christmas, um, but it is so good to, to be here and to sing together with you guys. I know for some of you, if not for all of us, we're breaking up some normal traditions that we would normally have on, on Christmas morning to be together, but you've made uh, the right choice. You've made a good choice to be, to be together, to remind ourselves of the true meaning and true reason for the season, um, and that is to celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and we're going to spend some time in God's Word reflecting on that right now before we head off and continue some of those things that you normally do on, on Christmas Day uh, together. So if you have a, your Bible, turn to Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6, we're just going to look at one characteristic of our Savior Jesus Christ, and that is, is that He is a wonderful counselor, a wonderful counselor. Ever since the beginning of time, I should say ever since the fall of mankind, when sin entered the world, God has promised to give us a Savior. God had promised to give us someone who would crush the head of the serpent, somebody who would be able to reconcile us back to God. And throughout the Old Testament, there was different signs and different prophecies that were given to mankind leading up to the time when we would know where Jesus would be born, what time in which Jesus would be born, and certain characteristics of the Messiah. And these prophecies were given to us thousands and thousands of years before even Jesus was born, Old Testament prophecies, and there's, there's quite a few of them. One of them is in Numbers 24, 17, which says, I see him, but, uh, but, now, but now, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. In Micah chapter 5 and verse 2, we talked about this last night just a little bit. I mentioned to it. It tells us where the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. And not only that, we know that he would come out of the tribe of Judah. Again, Old Testament prophecies leading up to the time when the Messiah would come to earth. In Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14, it tells us, This, it says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and you will call him Emmanuel. So again, throughout the Old Testament, God is continually giving us certain signs, certain prophecies that would lead us to the point when the Messiah would finally come to be with us, to be Emmanuel, to be the savior of the world, to be the one to redeem us from our sin and to bring us back to God. One of those prophecies, which we'll look at now, is in Isaiah chapter 9, in verse 6 and 7, and this is what it says. It says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government, of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. There's three characteristics that I want to talk to you about this morning that come from this verse, and it is this. We want to see this, the child's humanity, the child's deity, and then we want to see some characteristics of, the, of this child, or you could say this, the child's identity. So the child's humanity, the child's deity, and the child's identity. 
And the first thing is this. It says this, for to us, a child is born. And what does this speak to? This speaks to the humanity of Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ was born of a woman. That he was, in fact, 100% man. That he was, although conceived of the Holy Spirit, was born like every other child is born into this world through a woman. In Luke 2, verse 6 and 7, it says this, while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. The time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger. In John chapter 1, verse 14, which Dave already read for us, it says this, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory. Glory is the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. In 1 Timothy 2, 5, it says this, For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. Jesus is 100% human, and that was foretold to us all the way back in Isaiah chapter 9, and verse 6. For to us a child is born. Galatians 4, 4 says this way, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law. We sing this song, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And if you remember in one of the verses, it says this, Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity. This is what was foretold to us, that Jesus would come as a man. And we'll talk about the reasons why this is so important here when we get down to Wonderful Counselor. But it is a reminder to this. A child is born. Christ was born into the world like every other human being is born into the world. God was born into the world as a baby, 100% fully man. But not only that, do we see the humanity, but we also see the deity of Christ. Look what it says next. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. For to us a son is given. Jesus is given by God, from God. In John 3.16, one of the most popular verses in all the Bible, what does it say? For God so loved the world that he what? He gave. He gave his only son. In 1 John 4.2, it says this, By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. In Colossians 2.9, it says this, For in him, Christ, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. And in Hebrews 1.3, it says it this way, He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. Jesus Christ is the exact imprint of God's nature, meaning this, if God were to come to the earth, he would look like and act like and be Jesus Christ. He is the exact imprint, and God did come to earth in the form of a human in Jesus Christ. So what we have is not just a little baby on a cute Christmas card. What we have is the incarnate deity, Jesus Christ, the Son of God in human flesh right here on this earth. That's amazing. So much of the Christmas story is focused on the humanity of Christ, but the great wonder of Christmas is that God himself came to this earth. 
It's why we read John 1, 1 to 14 to remind us and to balance out that it's not just about the humanity of Jesus, it's also about the fact that God came to earth. I was thinking about that. We had an opportunity just this week to, to go to Montana, and Montana is very cold right now. It was, it was minus 35, uh, but the real feel, if that's real, uh, the real feel was at minus 49, and so what we did is we stayed inside uh, all day, and it, got, uh, it warmed up to minus 5, and we thought, wow, this is great. We can go outside now. It's minus 5. But on the way back, we were flying back, uh, uh, and we barely got in uh, because of the ice storms on, uh, on Friday. Uh, but we were flying back, and we were flying over Seattle, and Drew was sitting in front of me. And I said, Drew, look out the window, and you look over, and you can see all of Seattle is all lit up, and the Space Needle there, and uh, the Christmas the tree on top of it, and you could see all the lights, and it was just amazing. And I thought, this is the first thought that came to my mind was this. God came down to this? Like, God came back to this? Like to this world, and you can see all of Seattle. I'm like, God came here? Why? Like, why would God come here to this world? Like, what is the whole point and purpose of, of God coming in the flesh, like you and I, to this world? Why would He do that? He came so that He could save you from your sin. He came out of heaven. And I'm guessing this. I'm guessing this, is that the angels were saying to Jesus, why are you going down there? Like, seriously, it's perfect here. It's heaven. Why are you doing this? Do you see the world? It is messed up. It is sinful, and it is dark. Why would you go down there? To which he would respond, I have come to seek and to save the lost. I am on a rescue mission. That's why Jesus came. Not just a little baby, but God, very God, in the flesh, 100% God, 100% man. And this was foretold to us by Isaiah that God would give us a son to come into the world, to live a perfect life, to live the life that you could not live, and then die on the cross for your sin so that you could have the forgiveness of sin, to be reconciled back to God. That's the whole meaning of Christmas. So the glory of God could be on display in your life through Jesus Christ. It's more than just a cute little card. It's more than a cute little nativity scene. It's a wonderful story. It's an amazing story. But it's about salvation and the glory of God. And so what was born on Christmas Day? Who was born on Christmas Day? Emmanuel, God with us. God in human form. He was man. He was God. He wasn't an ordinary child. He was virgin born, Holy Spirit conceived, Son of God. That's who was given to us today. The perfect one of God, the Messiah, the hope for the entire world. Look on what it says there. It says, to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and, and then next is the government shall be upon his shoulder. And I just want to make one comment about this. I can't wait for that to happen. All right? I mean, can't we all be like, Jesus, please come back just for that reason? I mean, just for that one alone. Like, could we please put the government on your shoulder? Right? One of grace and truth, one who can judge in righteousness. 
Like that alone, Lord, please, Maranatha, come back. We want this to be fulfilled. There's so much more to say about that, but I won't. So not only will he come back, he'll come back and the government will be upon his shoulder. And then now we've got four names here that he'll be called. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. My intent going into this was to cover all four of those, and then I realized we don't want to be here all day. Um, so we want to look at the child's identity. We just want to look at one, and that's the wonderful counselor. Jesus is our wonderful counselor. It's really a, an amazing, beautiful name for Jesus. The first word there is wonder or wonderful. It, it means this. It refers to something that's out of the ordinary, something that's unusual or something that's uncommon, something like standing at the edge of the Red Sea and watching it part down the middle is something of wonder. Being at the feast uh, or on the hillside with Jesus when he would multiply the bread and the fish and to be able to feed thousands, that would be a wonder that we would behold and say, wow, that is wonderful. It's something uncommon and something different, something even beyond this world. And the whole life of Jesus was that of great wonder. The birth story, which we've been celebrating, is one which we would say, wow, there's great wonder in that. From the, from the announcement of the shepherds to the angels singing, to the star, to the wise men, to the nativity scene, all of it, we would say, wow, there's great wonder in just the birth of Jesus. There's also great wonder in the life of Jesus. All the miracles they would ha he would have, healing people, making people who, who cannot see, see. We would be in wonder and awe if we were standing next to Jesus and he would say to us, hey, where's Lazarus' tomb? And we would follow Jesus to Lazarus' tomb and he would say, Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus would come out of the tomb. All of us would be in wonder by that. We would be in wonder by the sinless life of Jesus Christ and how he would be, be able to handle and, and talk to those who would, who would uh, uh, come, uh, come on him and speak to him in ways that were, uh, uh, were critical and the way he would handle that. The sinless life of Jesus is, is one where we'd say, wow, that is, that is a great wonder to behold. Jesus would rise from the dead and, and come back to life, and that is a great wonder of the life of Jesus. And, and not only that, when Jesus Christ returns and the, the skies open up and, and Jesus comes down and the mountain splits in two and, and he takes his people home to him, that is a great wonder of Jesus, the whole life of Jesus from his very birth all the way to the time that he comes back is a great wonder to behold. And here we're told this, that, that he is a, a wonderful counselor. Someone who offers advice and counsel and can help those in times of need. It is of great wonder, this man, Jesus Christ. It is wonderful that we have Jesus Christ to speak into our lives through the word of truth. Let me give you four reasons why Jesus is a wonderful counselor. Number one is this. Jesus is a wonderful counselor because he knows everything about everything. He knows everything about everything. He knows your joys. He knows your trials. He knows your hardships. 
He knows your past. He knows everything you've done in the past. He knows your personality, how your personality is different than the person sitting next to you or down the row from you or from behind you. He knows that, uh, that you have great joys in this way, and he, he knows everything about you. He knows the future. He knows why things upset you. He knows what makes you anxious. He knows why you're overwhelmed. He, he knows what gets you excited during the day. He knows everything about everything. He knows what comforts you. He knows what speaks into your life to bring you joy and comfort. He knows everything about everything. In Psalm 139, it speaks of this very thing. And and just to get down into the details of it, he knows, as it says in Psalm 139, He knows every word that comes out of your mouth before you speak it. He knows every time you sit down, every time you rise up, every activity that you're engaged in, everything that you would ever do, Jesus knows everything about everything. And that makes him such a wonderful counselor because he knows you intimately and he knows you very well, better than anybody here on earth could ever know you. And it makes him wonderful. Secondly is this, not only does Jesus know everything about everything, Jesus knows the right answer to your situation. He knows the right answer to your situation, so now, not only does he just know your life, but he knows the best path for your life. He knows the best decision for your life. Because he's able to take all that information that he knows about you, he knows about your past, he knows about your present, and he's able to speak into your life right now through the word of truth to give you the counsel that you need so that you can make the right decision. Isn't that wonderful? He is trustworthy. He is dependable. He knows the best path for you. Jesus is not in heaven wringing his hands going, oh no, oh no, what are they going to do next? What are they going to do next? Oh, don't do that. Please don't do that. Please don't do that. Oh, they did it. Okay, now what? Okay, reroute. Okay, now I got to figure out something else. My goodness, these people. No, he knows everything about everything. He doesn't ever have to reroute his, his plan. It's perfect all the way. And you can trust him. Number three is this. Jesus can sympathize with you. Jesus can sympathize with you. In Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15 and 16, it says this. Listen closely. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one in every respect who has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Listen, what makes Jesus such a wonderful counselor is that he is able to sympathize with your weaknesses. Jesus fully understands. He is a counselor who has sympathy. He is a counselor who has been tempted and tested like you and I. Jesus doesn't sit back and say, I wonder what it's like to be, in, be on earth. I wonder what it's like to have sin kind of tempt you. He's been tempted. He's not saying, hey, I wonder what it's like to lose a loved one. No, he's lost a loved one. He's not saying, hey, I wonder what it's like to be betrayed. No, he's been betrayed. 
He's not sitting back saying, I wonder what it's like to be lied to. I don't even know what that's like, but I'm going to try to counsel you anyway. No, he's been lied to before. And he can sympathize with you in every respect and in every way. And so what that should cause us to do is to cause us to go to the throne of grace in full confidence saying, Lord, you know exactly what's going on. You're a wonderful counselor. You've been through it all. I need your help. And he speaks into our life with knowledge and understanding and sympathy. He can help us in our time of hurt and time of loss. It makes him a wonderful counselor. And then lastly is this. Jesus is always with you. Jesus is always with you. If you remember in John, the book of John, there was a time when the disciples were troubled of heart. In, in fact, in John 14, it, it says this very thing. He, he, Jesus even asked them, why, why are you so troubled? Why is your heart so troubled? And they're so troubled because they didn't really know what was going on. And the great, the great fear was, was, hey, if Jesus leaves us, what are we going to do? I mean, he's our friend. He's been with us now for 30 some years. What are we going to do? And Jesus comforts them with this word in John 14 and verse 16 and 18. He says this, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth in the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and we and will be with you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. What makes Jesus such a wonderful counselor as this is that he is always there. You don't ever have to call him in which he says, no, I'm, I'm busy. Uh, I, I can meet with you next week. Give me a couple weeks. Can you just tell me a little bit about your situation? Give me a couple weeks. And I'll come back to you and try to give you some advice. The phone line is never busy. He is always there. He is always ready. He has not left you as an orphan. He will be with you who are saved and believe, believe in him as your Lord and Savior. He will be with you forever. Psalm 46.1 says this, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of need. A very present help, meaning this, he is on the edge of his seat waiting to help you. On the edge of his seat, peering over, over into the world saying, will you ask for help so I can help you? I am a wonderful counselor and I want to help. So when you think about Christmas today, as you, you go home and continue to celebrate the Lord Jesus Christ and His birth, remember this, that He is a wonderful counselor, that He wants to help you in your time of need, that He is there for you, that He has never left you, and He will never forsake you, that not only is He the Savior of the world, which indeed He is, but He is also one who wants to help you grow in grace and in sanctification to become more like him and we can celebrate him that way today let's pray our heavenly father we're so thankful that today we get to celebrate the birth of your son jesus christ for unto us 
a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Given of God to us. We're so thankful that you came to this earth. An earth that, earth that is dark. Sin-filled. Where there is anger and rage and malice and lying and all sorts of sins that fill the earth and darkness covers it and the light of the world, Jesus Christ came into the darkness to offer us hope, to redeem us from our sin, to draw us back to God, to reconcile us to the Father. And Lord, we're so thankful that not only have you saved us from our sin, but you have become a wonderful counselor to us where we can go to you in our time of need. We can go to you in our hurt. We can go to you in our pain. We can go to you in our, in our joys and our triumphs. And you are ready to listen. You are ready to help. And we thank you so much for that, Lord. We're, we're thankful that you just didn't come down, save the world, and go up into heaven and have nothing to do with us. No, you have everything to do with us. You're so intimately acquainted with all of our ways, and we can trust you. We can trust you. And help us to do that. In Jesus' name, amen.